4: And And this this is is how we win.
5: Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Mueller, she wrote. Have you heard about this company making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles? Oh, and they're insanely comfortable and machine washable. Go get yourself a pair today with free shipping at rothys.com and use the promo code AG. And thanks to Noom for supporting Mueller, she wrote. Getting in shape isn't just about losing weight. It's about learning healthier habits and feeling better about yourself. Noom helps us learn to develop a new relationship with food. Sign up for your trial today at noom.noom.com/ag." And thanks to Grove for supporting Muller, she wrote. Grove makes healthier home products accessible and affordable. Over half a million families shop grove.co for non-toxic dish soap, plant-based skincare, and tree-free bath tissue. For a limited time, our listeners get a three-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer's Spring Sense, a free 60-day VIP membership, and a surprise bonus gift just for signing up and placing an order of $20 or more. Go to grove.co, not .com, slash AG for info.
0: This is Andrew McCabe, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote.
6: So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with
0: any Russian oligarchs.
1: That's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, our position is.
0: No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist.
5: Hello, and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me, as always, are Julissa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Uh, first, a big thank you to everyone who made the Webbies this past weekend possible, whether you voted for us or just listened to us or were there with us. Uh, we hope to see you again next year with our forthcoming daily news podcast, The Daily Beans, coming soon to this feed. Uh, also coming soon, I think May 23rd, uh, so now it's going to have to be, uh, will be the first episode <laughs> of our page-by-page review of the Mueller Report. So look for that. Um, patro- patrons get that early and ad-free. Yeah. Uh, but we're releasing it to the public starting on uh, May 23rd. And seriously, we go through it line by line. We give you context. We do our whole curatorial journalism bit. We tell you who we think's been in the redacted parts. Yeah, it's like audio cliff notes, but funnier. Yes, it's actually it actually probably just takes a lot longer than just reading it. But you know, we want to we want to go really deep into it because I hear only 3% of Americans have read it. So, uh, y'all need to hear it. So, we're going to do that for you and make it entertaining, hopefully. Uh, June 14th, we'll be in Minneapolis at the Parkway Theater. Tickets are still available at com. We would love to see you there. Uh, There's also a VIP meet and greet, I believe, for that event. Those Mm -hmm, are my favorite mm -hmm. things. Yeah, best time ever. And then I think we might try to set up some sort of a side deal on Saturday, the 15th, with, like patrons if you want to like come out and meet and hang out with us or maybe have dinner or something we'll figure it out that'd be so fun if you're a patron and you own a restaurant or a, a meeting space in minneapolis hit us up at hello at muller we'll see what we can set up that'd be cool uh this was a blistering week in the news with some bombshell information about michael flynn in his case Uh, along with the onslaught of anti-choice laws sweeping across Republican-controlled states, not to mention the Department of Justice joining Trump in stonewalling congressional oversight. There's also news about Rick Gates, uh, the Mazar's hearing on Trump's tax returns, Don Jr.'s testimony to the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, the possible reasons Mueller's testimony could be delayed, uh, Steve... Defying a subpoena. That's who I call Mnuchin because he, he prefers Steven. So I'm just going to call him Steve. And hacked counties in Florida. But sure. Yeah. The Mueller probe's over and there's nothing else to, to report. Yeah. All done. Yeah. We're all finished. Yeah, He's yeah. Still just the special counsel. <laughs> but before we get into all the facts, how was your week, you guys?
6: It's been great, actually. Yeah, Yeah. despite the news.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, objectively, in my life, good. (laughs) News, not so much. And that's been affecting my mental state. Dude, there's a full moon tonight, too. I wonder if
6: that's going to do anything to us. Yeah,
5: maybe. (laughs) I had a dream last night that I was trying to hide from an active shooter. And I've actually talked to four other people on Twitter today who had the same dream last night. Uh Uh-oh. I hope that you are not. I don't think it's prescient. I think it might be a full moon thing, or maybe we all
6: get on weird dream cycles. Yeah, I hear... This is just, you know, astrology beans, but I hear that uh, it's supposed to enheighten your senses. So if you're feeling anxious about something, maybe that's just you know rising to your uh your conscious level yeah so school shootings or just shootings in general um have been happening a lot
5: yeah this i was at a friend's wedding and i was trying to escape in the snow and i think it was the snow because my window was open and mm-hmm. i was cold uh, <sighs> but there were people after me with guns and i can't because i don't i think because i i i didn't i don't know why it
6: could be metaphorical but it also could be literal i think either way you could be under stress and this friend got married like 19 years ago so i do not even understand wow. <laughs> what
5: that yeah. was about
6: you might need a nice little relaxation day just yes. to unwind uh, yeah, i'll yeah. try to
5: find one of those in the coming years yes. um
3: <laughs> get yourself some bath salts and
6: oh
5: yeah smoke them. <laughs> yeah not those bath salts <laughs> no the opposite of like unwinding. the calgon yeah
6: type i don't know if you really can nice. smoke the bad bath salts hey you can smoke anything if you're brave enough true that's true Ooh, no, get it hot you.
5: enough that shit will smoke <laughs> thanks Jalisa, for that <laughs> sorry um <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a tough <laughs> I think that bravery
3: is the metric and not like stupidity. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm so sorry.
5: Definitely stupidity. <laughs> well there's no bravery without fear. Mm, uh, and stupidity I think kinda of, you know <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. noticed, you know. Can weave it in there a those bit. dudes with no fear shirts tend to be less smart. I
6: just saw a uh, a sticker, like a bumper sticker that said, No airbags will die like men is okay.
3: that bravery is that bravery i, I hope know it's just a
5: joke i, I, I was hoping so too <laughs> yes because that's pretty funny if that it's just is just a joke hilarious <laughs> right yeah depends on who's who's in there right <laughs> yeah. Right. i'm hoping it's like an astrophysics professor yeah. that's having it do they ironically also have like, on the who, back of his... like a science march sticker on the back or do yeah. they have a t- do they have another sticker that says like i believe in tit for tat that's a good tat? question you know then we know <laughs> I'll follow up. I was distracted by the first
3: ticket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's enough. Yeah. Why even have auto insurance at that point? If, you, if that's your Well, bumper they sticker. might not. Their, their premiums are probably like a $1,000 million. Yeah. I love that that's how you think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
5: Bear know. they responsible God. of each other. I, I, you I, I, when I was young, I capitalism. wanted to like open up a skate land but with a bar. But now that I'm older, I'm like, that's an insurance nightmare. Oh, that's so funny, though. <laughs> you start thinking about that insurance. Ugh. It's gross. <laughs> Liability is the death of... Life of fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, who am I anyway? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happened to the. Oh, yeah. oh well. Uh, but my insurance premiums are low, so I guess there's a benefit. Yeah. All right, guys, before we get into the facts, uh, we have my favorite segment. It's time for corrections.
7: It's a It's hard for me
2: to say I'm sorry. Shut
5: the fuck up! Okay, this week in corrections, the origins of MS-13 are Salvadoran, not Honduran, Uh, though most are born here in the United States. They just have Salvadoran uh, heritage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's it, guys. All that's right. our main correction this week. We get an A plus pretty much. I was going to say that's a good thing, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> though there was one more correction about how we see color and how I said that if we don't we don't see colors as vividly when it's dark because of a lack of reflective light. Uh, someone pointed out it has to do with the structure of the eye and how our cones mm. of the famous couple rods and cones uh, need more light to function and they're the ones who distinguish color. So we weren't exactly wrong as much as we didn't go into detail about why the absence of Right, that's of a light. different podcast there. We're getting into <laughs> different podcast territory. Here <laughs> <That's, yeah. laughs> ability to see color right science faction you should do this yeah it also Uh,
3: sounds metaphorical in a sense it does ability to see color (laughs)
6: yeah i I hate
5: when people say that i know i know (laughs) it's like really you're fucking stupid right
6: Right. I really my
3: cones are all fucked up
6: (laughs) that's actually a good excuse if a white person ever wants to say that about being colorblind i'll take it
5: (laughs) yeah the only reason you shouldn't see color is because your cones are fucked up nice i'm gonna ask next time something wrong with your cones right (laughs) barbara (laughs) (laughs) barbara (laughs) always oh, Nancy or Barbara. Definitely. Or like Pat. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine asked uh, on um, Facebook this week, speaking of things being figurative and literal, said, hey, I need to borrow a pair of crutches for a sketch I'm doing. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. It's <laughs> like when That's literal funny. meets figurative. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Dave Callens. Um, <laughs> oh, I love him. I know. He's so fucking great. He's the best. Uh, but anyway, we didn't. Oh, there was another thing about pros, Michelle being short for. But hmm. we didn't say it was short for something else. We just didn't guess. So, so just like another little ad- additional yeah. little tidbit. And also someone wrote in to tell us we were right about John Roberts being the chief justice of SCOTUS. So that's just a pat on the back. <laughs> yes. But not too many corrections this week. I feel like we should make some up like... uh when I said Trump was acting like a nine-year-old when he tweeted no do-overs, maybe it's more like a seven-year-old behavior. Oh, I like yes. that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. More
3: nuanced.
5: <laughs> yeah. I feel like a nine-year-old might have a better better yeah, comeback. We should just start rumors. Okay. <laughs> uh, any do you got? Uh, yeah, that's I'm just making up corrections. Yeah, that's the way. best that, that I think we can come up with for now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. We'll circle back later. All right. Yeah. <laughs> with corrections. If you have any fake corrections, send them to com or real ones. Because, like I said, we are three comics uh i am not a lawyer uh, none of us are and so any any corrections we want to make sure to get the set the record yeah straight. we're not colorologists <laughs> yeah <laughs> my cones are fine <laughs> so send those to hello at mullershewrote.com and uh with corrections out of the way let's get to the muller news with just the facts all right guys all this week um People with uteruses have been under attack by the Republicans in an all out effort to ban abortion and overturn Roe v. Wade. And Jordan's going to cover that news in the hot notes. And the reason I said it that way is because somebody pointed out to me today, and I think that this is really important. It's not just women who have uterus, who oh, have a uterus, some men or just people. Uh, there are people who have who have a uterus who don't identify as a woman. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, you know, attack on women, this is just attack on people. Wow. who This affects. So I wanted to put that out Thank there you. And, and say hey thanks for pointing that out mm-hmm. uh, i also tweeted it and, and facebooked it because i think it's important that people remember that a gentle reminder though not like a you asshole what's <laughs> wrong with your cones you can't see no but uh I, I do think that that's an important distinction very important yeah definitely uh but on tuesday May 14th. And this is probably going to be the longest A block. This is like, a, I feel like matto, like I should start in World <laughs> War II. Yes. And somehow end Connected. up... Connected. <laughs> end up here. Load all of our ads in the last five minutes of the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Uh, but on Tuesday, May 14th, Trump's lawyers and counsel for the House Oversight Committee duked it out in front of Judge Amit Mehta over Trump's lawsuit against Congress. He sued He sued. Elijah Cummings and the House Oversight Committee to prevent them from getting Trump's tax and financial documents from the tax firm Mazars. Mm. Uh, We've been talking about this for a while. If you remember, Mazars was all set to hand the stuff over but asked for a friendly subpoena, which Cummings obliged. uh, A very friendly-like, mostly just covering their ass, subpoena. If someone was asking me for potentially incriminating shit against the president, I'd probably say... Give me a subpoena so that I can say I was subpoenaed. Yeah. This whole uh, court case is a testament to that being a good decision. Exactly. Indeed. Uh, We then learned that Trump and his businesses sued Cummings in the Oversight Committee to block the document request, citing that there was no legislative purpose for the subpoena. Hmm. Okay. We then reported that Judge Mehta had put out an order stating that basically he wasn't going to fuck around with multiple hearings and a trial and he consolidated the hearings and the trial under Rule 65A2, if I'm remembering that correctly, to uh, take place in one day, in one hearing, uh, which we took to mean this shit is too easy so don't waste our time with a long, drawn-out process. And that uh, was important uh, for more than just the case seeming to lean in Congress's favor, but this could set precedent for the speed at which similar cases are considered in the future, and according to Lawfare, what substantial substantive legal grounds they're based on. Yeah, So that is an important uh, thing that I, I didn't note the last time we spoke about this. The substantive issue in this case is whether Congress can lawfully obtain financial information about a sitting president from a third party, like Mazar's, as part of an investigation. As we know, This was all kicked off when Cohen testified that Trump inflated his assets to illegally obtain loans and deflated his net worth to defraud insurance companies and taxpayers. Of course, we already knew this, but Congress didn't move forward until they had that testimony corroborating these charges from Cohen. And I thought for sure that one of the legal arguments from the congressional lawyer Douglas' letter in this hearing would be that if Congress were simply trying to get these records for political purposes, they'd have issued this friendly subpoena back in January when they gained control of the House. Waiting until Cohen's testimony to attain the records to corroborate his allegations indicates that the investigation is based on substantive legislative concerns and not just political whim. Uh, And that was Trump's counsel's William Concevoy's assertion. That's his name, Concevoy. Okay. uh, That there is no conceivable constitutional basis on which the documents could be provided because there is no valid legislative purpose for which the information could be needed. That's their whole argument. And this is their argument in a lot of these cases. I'm noticing that, yeah. And even the letter that uh, Pat Cipollone wrote uh, to Nadler this week, that's in there too. I'll go over that a little bit later in the show. But even though uh judge made states that the, leg- uh, that the legal record was fully developed and there's no need for further hearings, briefings, or other considerations, he'd uh, leave the record open until May 18th. That's today, uh, as of this recording, to allow either side to provide any additional evidence they want considered. Consovoy, as if he knew what was coming, <laughs> told the judge he would appeal a decision against him. And asked the judge to stay the Mazar's subpoena to allow for the appeal. Mm. So he's like, hey, when you rule against my stupid ass, uh, I just want to let you know I'm going to file an appeal. (laughs) The hearing, I think that's probably common, though.
6: Yeah, it'd be an interesting move to make.
5: (laughs) We're going to appeal this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The hearings opened with Judge Maida indicating that he would not be ruling from the bench that day, which is what we were kind of hoping for. We, we thought he'd just rule. He'd be like, all right, you go, you go. All right, here's <laughs> here's what I think. But he said that no judge would make such a hasty decision for such a serious case. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, he said it's important we expedite the case because it's part of a congressional investigation citing previous similar cases as precedent. I think he threw two or three cases out there. Nice. Case law like they do. <laughs> Concevoy went first and argued that the subpoena is invalid and unenforceable because the committee was trying to engage in a law enforcement action, not a legitimate legislative purpose, And that's not Congress's job. So there. oh, That's that's, his fight. Does anything say that that you can't do that? He'll get into this. Okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler. (laughs) Um, In fact, they came up with some pretty funny examples of when it would be inappropriate. Um, But anyway, Cummings outlined his justifications for the subpoena in his April 12th memo to the members uh, of the oversight committee, and the judge asked Concevoy to address each one separately then. He's like, all right, go go, go at them one by one. The reasons for the subpoena were to find out if Trump reported his finances accurately to the Office of Government Ethics, uh, to see if Trump is violating the Emoluments Clause in the Constitution, and to find out if Trump has any financial conflicts of interest, mostly in response to Cohen's testimony about Trump's false representation of his financial information. So Concevoy basically argued that there could be no legislative purpose in determining if Trump reported his finances accurately to the Office of Government Ethics. The judge asked him if he's saying there has to be a bill on the table, like legislation on the table, in order for them to request such information. Then asks if Congress isn't supposed to investigate a president, uh, even if he's engaging in corruption. Like, are you not supposed to? Like, even Right. If he's when, corrupt? when do you do it then? Also, I'd love to hear his opinion on Benghazi. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and then Concevoy says... Yeah, no, you can't. And the judge is like, so we in the courts are supposed to imagine a potential future legislation for them to get these documents? That's dumb as fuck, dude. Yeah, your name is Cleo in there. I'm paraphrasing. (laughs) Uh, Then Maida asks Consovoy about the emoluments clause. And this is some shit right here. Uh, The emoluments clause basically says that you can't profit personally, financially through the office of the presidency, right? And Cummings is specifically worried about the Trump Hotel uh, in downtown D.C., And how he sold entire floors to, like, the Saudis that were lobbying for him and all kinds of other foreign dignitaries and diplomats spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in that hotel. And wouldn't that be a conflict of interest? Well, Constoway actually argued that the president's personal financial affairs are beyond the scope of the emoluments clause. And that emoluments is a legal thing and not a legislative thing and therefore beyond the arm of congressional oversight. The judge was like, bro. Congress is actually the only body that can approve emoluments under the Constitution.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and how are you
5: supposed to determine if someone's personally, financially benefiting from something if their personal financial affairs yeah. are beyond the scope of yeah, the emoluments what clause? What a terrible argument. Not to ma- And I'm not even a fucking lawyer. I'm like, dude, that's the best you could come up with. <laughs> not to mention, dude, under your bullshit way of thinking, Whitewater and Watergate would not have been allowed to have been investigated by Congress. Uh, Concevoy did not respond to that. But then said instead, Michael Cohen's testimony didn't mention emoluments. Mm. That's some legal whataboutism right yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this went on for a while with Concevoy making the same uh, idiot argument and made a coming back with case law and citing precedent like a boss. Then the House counsel gets up there, Douglas' letter, and he basically says the Congress doesn't need a reason, fuck you. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are a bunch, and they're outlined clearly in, in Cummings' memo, and that Trump is arguing that Congress is a nuisance who shouldn't provide oversight. Uh, But the Constitution is clear. Uh, Then came my favorite part, and this is what you were talking about, Jordan. The judge asked a letter to tell him what might be outside congressional oversight. Like, what can't you investigate? Uh, Like, how is this court supposed to determine if what Congress wants jives with the Constitution? Right. And letter said, well, a few things might be outside the scope here, like Terry Shivo's feeding tube equipment when they asked for that, or a sample of the president's blood maybe, or uh, if I were asking for his childhood diary, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then says, good thing we're not doing anything like that. (laughs) Uh, Letter said that, not the judge. Finally, the judge asked letter why Congress needs to know about this shit. Uh, that like why they want to know what what the president did before he was president and letter says congress must determine if he's beholden to any foreign interests for example if russia knew he had committed bank fraud and obtained bank loans illegally they could blackmail him with that Mm -hmm. that's just a very vague example that i'm not basing (laughs) on anything at all don't you want a loan totally random So, uh, put some beans on Judge Maida making a call on this case this week. I think he'll judge this week. Uh, Rule. Not judge. Rule. Then, we can assume Trump will appeal, which would put the case probably on track for SCOTUS. Uh, My hope is that the quickness with which this case was litigated will set an example for other similar cases.
6: (sighs) Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, a big sigh was needed after all that.
3: (laughs) We live in such an interesting time, too, where it's like, I mean, obviously, in many ways, interesting, horrifying, take your pick. (laughs) But... It's like blackmail, potentially being blackmailable is a legitimate reason to investigate somebody. But what's so fucked up is that if it came out, the information that was being held against him, his base wouldn't
5: even care. True. Nope.
3: Good thing they're not in charge of Congress,
5: though. That would be a better legal argument. That would be, instead of this whole, there's no legislative purpose. That, that no one cares. And the emoluments doesn't shouldn't have to do with personal finance. That would be a better legal argument to say, hey, look. Uh, he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and no one cares. He's unblackmailable. Yeah, that's a he, good point. He
3: really is.
6: If his
5: base was the jury, yeah, he'd win. That'd that would be, be my defense. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'd be like, hey, no, you can't blackmail. You think you think that no one knows that he fucking had prostitutes pee on a bed or that he do you, and you really think that they're going to be able to hold that over his head he doesn't fucking care yeah he paid off you know playboy bunnies he to his rnc finance deputy chair got to spent 1.6 million on an abortion <laughs> like every like, trump the would never
6: let them say that
5: <laughs> he is unblackmailable
6: he that should be, be
5: i guess by all these standards i don't but, want to give anybody ideas yeah
6: but. he still has pride a little bit
3: but that would be my yeah, legal defense. Yeah. Seriously. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's like the basis of the investigation almost becomes a moot point, effectively. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, like no one cares. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And of
6: course we care, the listeners. But you mean like the people that yeah support him? They have no- they don't care at all, yeah, and they nope. probably never will. So right. I'm just I'm just hoping that enough people outside of them will care. But I wonder how that play in court though.
5: Yeah, yeah. It's a better argument than but personal finances have nothing to do with personal finances. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah,
3: because everything <laughs> there's so many things that have already come out that Russia probably knew before it came out to the media. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just it came I just out. See no one
5: cares. Putin sitting alone, like, well, shit. Uh, everyone knows about the <laughs> the porn star payoff. Yeah, yeah, can't hold that over his head.
3: It would have to be something so horrifyingly bad mm-hmm. something that would be criminal like across the board criminal mm-hmm. in which case law enforcement would just get him on those grounds yeah if think. it's
5: within a statute of limitations they would have buried that evidence for but like sure. even even his 12 counts of obstruction of justice are public now and so you can't even hold that over his head yeah let's just hope he forgot about one of the crimes <laughs> yeah um oh. Mueller? no
6: Trump like he forgot Uh-oh. to
5: hide the evidence so oh, I should have yeah, been because I mean if the if the grabbing by the pussy tape didn't do anything the P tape's not going to do anything right right you
6: know like but let's say there's just yeah. evidence out there somewhere because I'm sure Trump has someone clean up his stuff if it's not Cohen
5: now Putin, Putin it's probably- goes all out his way to get that P tape and then finds out about the pussy tape and he's like caramba
6: <laughs> oh Wow, that's two different tapes probably. Yeah, the pussy and the pee tape.
5: (laughs) For some reason, he says caramba to me. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I was trying to think of the origins. I was like, what is that missing? Oh, it's an
5: eye. (laughs) I, caramba. Yes. (laughs) Um, Also this week, guys, Rick Gates' sentencing has been pushed back yet again. Uh, and now it's all kind of making sense because since we got the Mueller report, we've noticed that Gates plays a huge role in the Stone case and the Greg, the Gregory Gregory case, mm. Greg Craig. Yeah. And he's going to be a witness in those trials. He didn't do much for the Manafort trial because he's such a piece of shit, but his <laughs> testimony is important to these cases because it can triangulate the documentary and other witness testimony, right? Uh, also, Gates is a witness in, in the Greg Craig trial. As I mentioned, one of our Democrat criminals that worked closely with Manafort. In the past, though, Gates' sentencing delays were always for ongoing issues. And and remember we'd always be like, Ah, they're still open and ongoing issues. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know what they are. He's involved in the Stone case and the Greg Craig. But since and that's we've known since the public release of, of this you know, the redacted Mueller report. We can now say what those are. Stone has pleaded not guilty in a trial that begins November fifth on charges of lying to Congress and witness tampering. Greg Craig has pleaded not guilty and faces trial August twelfth on charges of lying to the Justice Department about registering as foreign agent. So we all knew that. Yeah. We just didn't know those were the cases that Gates' sentence was kept being delayed for. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so interesting. Uh, Florida apparently just learned it was hacked during the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. We, we knew. Uh, Angelisa has all that later in, yeah. in Hot Notes. Oh, yeah. It
3: was by George Bush back again. Oh Ford. Yeah, yeah. They're a little late to the story. <laughs> it was Matt. It was Matt
5: Gates. <laughs> uh, the House Intelligence Committee is now investigating obstruction of justice claims against four Trump lawyers. In a letter from the House Intel Chairman Schiff... Uh, that committee is investigating whether Trump's lawyer, Jay Sekulow, Jr.'s lawyer, Fuderfoss, mm-hmm. Trump Org lawyer, Alan Garton, and Jarvanka's lawyer, Abby Lowell, helped obstruct the panel's inquiry into Russian election interference by shaping false testimony. These inquiries stem from Cohen's testimony that these four lawyers helped edit his false testimony about the timeline for Trump Tower Moscow and how they dangled pardons to ensure Cohen's loyalty. This letter was written by Schiff on May 3rd and obtained by the New York Times this week. So far, the lawyers have ignored the request, uh, the four lawyers. But Schiff says he's prepared to issue a subpoena to compel their cooperation. Heard it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their argument, of course, is that the request serves no legislative purpose. Hmm. Heard it. (laughs) And uh, that Cohen is unreliable. Also heard it. Uh, unfortunately, the committee would have little recourse whether they got the information or not. If they don't, the lawyers are likely to refuse to comply with the subpoena. If they did, any criminal referral would be made to Barr's Justice Department anyway. The only co- course of action here beyond the election is an impeachment inquiry. Mm-hmm. Which we need to do, for sure. He is.
3: Yeah. This is a... Uh, okay, so legislation technically is defined as... I don't know what it's technically defined as. I mean, my inclination is to say it's some form of, like, delegating who gets what, where, when, how, because that's just generally what politics is. But I'm wondering if, like, impeachment could be considered legislation, if they could argue
5: that. Well no because uh, you would, wouldn't have to argue that anymore because if you open an impeachment inquiry then the the house becomes That's a That's grand whole... jury and so now it's an investigative branch mm-hmm. they get to get whatever information they yeah. need.
3: I guess I'm wondering if in these court battles when they're trying to say it doesn't serve a legislative purpose, they could get out of it by saying something like that. Yeah, well what like they did it's...
5: in the uh, in the in the Steve uh, IRS subpoena uh, for that as they said the legislative purpose here for the House ways and means committee is to determine if the audits done on presidential and vice presidential taxes on an annual basis are effective and if we need to modify that right. legislation. Right. You could also say We need to determine if we have to write legislation that uh, restricts executive power or thinks differently about the branches. But, yeah, that judge was like, do you expect there to be a bill on the table before they can even bring this shit up? Or you want me to guess what it could be? (laughs) And and Doug Letter is like, I don't even have to fucking tell you. You Mm -hmm. don't need a reason. We're the Congress. Yeah, I like Letter. I do, too. Yeah,
3: I do wish that they could all just be like, there's no legislation involved. We're deciding if someone is fit to be the president of the United States or not. Yeah,
5: and you could do that with an impeachment inquiry. One of the yes. many reasons one should be open. Yeah, not to mention all this shit will just end up in the same place in Barr's lap. Yeah, exactly. You know, which it's, is what they want for sure. Of course, that's why they're doing it this way. And and speaking of Bill Barr, he has appointed a special friend to investigate the oranges of the Trump investigation this week. That means origins. A uh, U.S. attorney from Connecticut was tapped to determine if the government's methods of collecting intelligence were lawful and appropriate. I think his name is Berman or Herman or fuckface. Uh, appropriate, according to the Associated Press. This comes from the AP this week. Barr has accused the FBI of spying on the Trump campaign without providing any evidence of that. And Trump-appointed FBI director Christopher Wray uh, has testified he hasn't seen no evidence of wrongdoing. I run the FBI. I, there's no spying. Uh, there's also an investigation by the Justice Department's Inspector General into the oranges of the Russia probe. Uh, and that should be done in May or June, according mm. to Barr. Mm-hmm. Mm. Late Tuesday, Trump Jr. struck a chicken shit deal with a Republican-led Senate Intelligence Committee about whether or not to appear and answer some questions about his previous bullshit testimony about Trump Tower Moscow, along with some questions about the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting now if you remember last week we were all kind of shocked that burr the guy who ran and tattled to trump after he was briefed by comey regarding the fbi investigation into russian interference signed off on a subpoena to compel don jr to appear before the senate intelligence committee which he chairs Uh, Amidst backlash from Republicans and Trump and Trump Jr. and his stupid friends, Mm -hmm. the Sissy, that's the Select Senate Committee on Intelligence, has now agreed to a private hearing with Jr. about a limited number of issues that can last no more than two to four hours. We all know that, regardless of the testimony, the Senate would not hold Junior in contempt if he flat out denied a subpoena. So I suppose this is—suppose this is better than nothing. Yeah. How did he even get this? Like, did he say that like, he can't do for longer than four hours without calling his doctor or something? <laughs> Erection. Yeah. It's <Yeah. laughs> like mm, my Viagra. Gotta leave. <laughs> But I assume this will go nowhere again because if the Dems on the committee are able to show that Trump lied, which we all know that he did, a criminal referral would go to the Department of Justice and we're back to where we started. This could all be used, however, as evidence that all avenues were exhausted by Congress to try to get at the truth if any of these or any House subpoenas for Jr. ended up in court. Most of these shenanigans could be avoided by opening an impeachment inquiry. Just saying. Uh-huh. Just going to say it again. Yeah, yeah, just throwing out there. Effectively turning the House Judiciary into a grand jury, making it much easier to compel compliance with documentary and testimony subpoenas. One of a zillion reasons to open impeachment inquiry, including it being Congress's fucking job. <laughs> but now Pat Cipollone, White House counsel, has written a letter to Jerry Nadler saying, You're rubber, I'm glue, anything you subpoena bounces off me and sticks to you. Yeah. Uh, just sticking verbatim, with verbatim, right? <laughs> sticking with their seven year old comebacks here. According to the Washington Post this week, the White House lawyer told Nadler That there's no do-overs allowed and that uh, all demands will be refused because Nadler is a duty head. It's a fight of the grandpas, man. That's not (laughs) to be ages. It's just like it's true. This letter uh, not only broadly rejects all of Nadler's requests for documents and testimony, but argues that Congress has no legitimate purpose to investigate the executive branch. That's right. A lawyer is saying that the legislative branch has no check on the executive branch. Uh, Cipollone did not exert executive privilege, walked up to that line, but didn't call it, though he said he might consider a narrower request if Nadler could provide the legislative purpose and legal support for the information he's seeking. Hmm. These are the same arguments we've heard over and over again uh, for refusing to comply with requests for information and subpoenas from Congress. Uh, Nadler calls this argument preposterous, saying the White House is making the outrageous claim that the president cannot be held accountable in any way to the American people. This is ridiculous. It would make the president above the law. And, of course, we totally reject it. We will subpoena whoever we have to subpoena.
6: That's so good. It's like a little Snoopy and a little little Nadler there. Yeah. That's how Nadler sounds, too. Yeah, yeah. That's
5: so good. That my- sounds like a South Park character. It really does. Like, it's convincing. It's <laughs> convincing. Uh, my they- idea, oh, like Kenny.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. It's like Cartman when he grows up and starts becoming a civil servant. Finally, stops shitting out of his mouth.
5: Welcome to the DOD. <laughs> you stand in oh line God. like everyone else um i they should really
3: diversify their defenses though because all it takes is one judge to knock one down and then it's just like a fucking strike
6: i think their backs are against the wall this is like their hell mary of a defense right they don't really have
5: logic on over oh, the gop yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah. but for i think you're saying I'm diversify Nadler's like, responses well,
3: no 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 i'm saying the like the white house council oh they yeah need they to only stop this giving
6: their the one safe. thing yeah their record their yeah. one
5: thing is it doesn't have legislative purpose well and have you stopped to think like maybe it's not because they actually have an argument they just want to delay this shit as, as long be- as they it's can. worked so
6: far right yeah sort of just
5: delay delay yeah
6: stalling is all they want to do spray a delay walk away mm. i'm sure spray they do
3: away. have <laughs> i'm sure they do have like a-, a list of i don't know five to ten maybe other, other defenses. reasons yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like that should get us through the next election and
5: everyone in no time really? forget it all. i think
3: you're right about that <laughs> yeah. it
5: could possibly be yeah Um, My idea here is that Nadler should ask Mueller's colleagues that no longer work in the Department of Justice to testify, um, specifically Andrew Weissman, uh, because we've learned this week what might be holding up the Mueller testimony is that blanket assertion of executive privilege over the entire Mueller report. Remember when they did that? The whole thing, even Mm -hmm. though we've seen most of it. Right. That and as of yesterday, Peter Carr, the spokesperson for Mueller, confirmed that Mueller is still a special counsel and still works for Barr. Uh, despite, but yeah, but reports are now coming out that the bar is is has something to do with this, and it has something to do with executive privilege. Okay, like Mueller, you can't testify about your report. The whole report is subject to executive privilege. That's crazy. Uh, we don't have any like firsthand knowledge of that. Mm-hmm. But despite Barr saying he has no problem with Mueller testifying to Congress, that assertion of executive privilege by the White House seems to be what's holding everything up. We also have to consider that Mueller might still be working, uh, and this might be might not be true uh the andrew miller case is still not standing uh and so is the secret company from country a or maybe muller staying there to provide some sort of protection against special counsel's office uh but no matter the reason weissman no longer works for Barr, and he could testify anytime and he'd probably be more likely to say some shit than than uh muller would oh yeah because uh, he's he's just a you know a regular guy he's not muller yeah muller just Mueller. a guy
6: <laughs> i'm just wild and crazy a guy. guy. <laughs>
5: Uh, someone was wondering if it's because Mueller wants his pension, but this is Mueller's twenty fourth and twenty fifth year in uh, service, um, including his service a, as a marine, and so he's well earned his pen, he's Totally, yeah, and he's this a, is just Mueller's that.
6: character, right? This is just who he is. He's not you know, kiss and tell or indict and tell or you know, like or I guess besides the Mueller report, he's just not someone to come on the you know trial and just blab really well I, I i think
5: that if he were allowed to testify he would really i don't think Barr's letting him i'd and love I think to he's see he's exerting it. executive privilege over it Ooh. and and of course Mueller can't come out and say hey it he won't let me do it you know but yeah. he's a he's a rule follower and that's what you're getting at. right
3: right they're also saying though that people like mcgann can't do it and mcgann mcgann can't this has a candy man thing mcgann can can because it mixes it with obstruction makes the world taste good eat my shit candy um (laughs) nice (laughs) but but they're saying that he can't
5: he can't say anything either and and he's not under bar he's just a guy right but they are exerting executive privilege over him and he's going with the white house as opposed to because i you know i mean would you rather go and talk to congress or just say oh the president won't let me Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you know have them fight your battles you can't i don't think you can get in trouble for not coming to testify because the president is exerting something over you that that then that the white house gets in trouble for that exactly that makes a lot of sense yeah and i wouldn't want to go and, t- and like to answer questions in front of congress yeah survival like to. mccabe was saying right just yeah get it means, alive. you could say you could incriminate you could say something else you know you know oh, people mm. will hate you just for being there you yeah, don't want yeah. to do that shit yeah uh let's see here uh yeah get weissman in there though that's my new thing weissman now hashtag weissman now Uh, Bombshell revelation in the Flynn case this week. I'm going to cover that in Hot Notes. And finally this week, as expected, Steve and the IRS are refusing to comply with a subpoena from the House Ways and Means Committee chair to hand over Trump's taxes. This will likely now go to court unless the committee decides to hold Steve and the IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick in contempt. I personally think they should and fine them and fine them $25,000 a day. And then go to court where Congress would surely win based on longstanding precedent. And it's the law that the IRS and the Treasury must hand over tax returns when asked for them by the chair of House Ways and Means. And you can't use the legislative thing here for sure because it doesn't matter what the purpose is for this. It's written into the law. Oh, nice. So you can't be like, well, what's the purpose? It doesn't fucking matter.
3: You're saying it just says that you have that the IRS has to give that stuff over. To Congress shall, yeah, it shall.
5: And the reason is not important. Yeah. Perfect. But that
3: is what he's trying to say. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, just I think he's totally. throwing that and everything. Sure, That's sure. why he'd
5: win the court case But yeah. We'll keep you posted on how that turns out I think I have a feeling <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, But anyway we'll be right back with uh, Abortion rights Florida and Flynn In hot notes after this quick word AG here to tell you about my new favorite shoes Rothy's Rothy's look good, they feel good, they're sustainable, and they are literally the most comfortable shoes that I own. Uh, Rothy's come in a wide range of colors and patterns, and they're available in four styles, the flat, the point, the loafer, and the sneaker. They transition beautifully from work to cocktails. I can wear them with yoga pants, uh, leggings, skirts, dresses, jeans, suits at work. Uh, And they launch new colors every week, and they sell out constantly. I have one of each of the styles all in black, because that's my thing, and I wear them everywhere. They pack well, they're breathable, they're machine washable, and they go with everything. The best part for us is that Rothy's are made from recycled plastic water bottles. And to date, they've diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills and oceans. They're manufactured in a zero-waste factory, and they ship direct in the box, so there's no packaging waste. You'll quickly realize why BuzzFeed calls them their forever shoes. Julie, so you wear yours everywhere.
6: I do, and they make everything I wear look like, so cute. And I have like these leopard print loafers, and I just love them. I feel fancy no matter what I'm wearing, and they're so comfortable.
3: Jordan, you wear yours at work? I do, yeah. Uh, when I used to serve, I'd wear them all the time. And they're the best. And now I just wear them around all the time forever, because they're versatile. They go with all your different kinds of outfits. I get the black ones, too. I'm like you, and truly the most comfortable slip-ons I've ever had.
5: Yeah, it has to help their machine washable, too, especially if, as a server, because you just always are dumping junk all over them. At least yeah. I was when I was doing this. Totally. And today, Rothy's has an amazing deal for our listeners. Use code AG to get free shipping with no minimums. Free shipping, free returns and exchanges on your Rothy's shoe, but trust me, you will not want to return them. Go to Rothy's.com, that's R O T H Y S dot com, and enter AG to get your new favorite flats and free shipping.
4: Hi there, Diana Erickson here, host of the podcast. One Sweet Dream, which is a podcast that shines new light on the Beatles, illuminating their story in ways not seen before. This podcast does deep storytelling to get to radical new ideas and insights that transform our understanding of their story. We've always known the Beatles story was exciting and epic, but there is an even bigger, better, sexier, and more beautiful story that's been hiding in plain sight. And that's what I want to share with you. Historians say that it takes about 50 years to tell the story of an event properly. And so here we are a little over 50 years later and have I got a great story to tell. So I hope you'll join us at One Sweet Dream Podcast where we explore the dream that was and is the Beatles. Episodes will be released every Tuesday and Friday. So please subscribe to One Sweet Dream wherever you listen to podcasts.
5: All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, guys, it's time for hot notes. And as you know, we have stories uh, this week about Flynn and the Florida elections being hacked because we are a podcast about Mueller and the Russian election interference. However, uh, this week, uh, you know, reproductive rights are under attack in an unprecedented way that we I'm I cannot ignore in good conscience. I can't not talk about this and neither can you guys. So neither can you not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's that important we've, we've had this happen a couple of times in the history of the show where some things have went down that were like we can't
3: yeah like family separations is one of them yeah uh, yeah we and can't countries, And and mm-hmm. yeah I'm
5: like we, I can't not talk about this uh and Jordan you have that story
3: I do yes so um It's been a really shitty week, obviously, uh, like we talked about at the top of the show. It's just been awful. It's been a horrendous week for women's reproductive rights as well as the doctors and allies that serve them in the name of those rights. So it's just been really bad for everybody. Uh, CNN did a really good piece today outlining everything that's gone down across the country at this point and where all of those laws stand as of now. So here we go. Brace yourself and get some cotton balls for when this makes your ears bleed (laughs) because it is awful. Number one, uh, Alabama passed the most restrictive abortion ban, saying that it is disallowed in all cases, even in cases of incest and rape. And doctors who perform any abortions... ...could be sentenced up to life in prison, and Alabama's law is supposed to go into effect in November. Then, uh, Georgia, Kentucky, Ohio, and Mississippi have all got heartbeat bills signed into law, which means basically that adoption of uh, abortions are banned after the point that a heartbeat is detected, which can be a time before many women even know that they're pregnant... And it's around six weeks is around at that time period.
5: Yeah, And how does HIPAA factor into all this? Because how is anyone investigating me going to know when my fetal heartbeat started without violating HIPAA? That's yeah. a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I don't think that. they even mentioned that in
6: many of the articles I've seen.
3: No. Yeah, I haven't seen anything that goes into any specifics like that right now. It's just like this is awful just it's generally passing. fucked up <laughs> yeah. yeah um the slightly good news also i had a freudian slip like 30 seconds ago i said adoptions instead of
5: abortions. yeah yeah you're thinking <laughs> so russian <good>. adoptions there eh? <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah russian adoptions exactly <laughs> i um, once accidentally said abortion scare instead of pregnancy scare <laughs> yeah oh we've been there too <laughs> totally put you uh, out of like knowing which side i was on <laughs> yeah yeah i just want to make it very clear uh
3: <laughs> very pro-choice that was not some subliminal message right right uh, but the slightly good news about these states is that ohio and mississippi their bans are being challenged in the courts right now and the kentucky bill was already blocked by a federal judge um, then we have missouri which passed a bill that's similar to the heartbeat bill in those other states and that doctors that help in any cases will also be punished as they are in alabama but the sentencing guidelines are less intense than they are in alabama but they could still get over a decade in prison yeah, and, yeah just only a decade yeah <laughs> And now,
6: so
5: rapists get six months.
3: Right, I mean that's still a lot
6: more but than the, the doctor longer.
5: who helps you get rid of the baby that the rapist put inside of you. Ninety-nine years or or a decade? Over a, yeah, it's insanity.
4: Yeah,
3: um, and there are now eleven other states with similar heartbeat legislation in the works. So this is a total, seemingly coordinated wave of regression going through the country right now, and terrifying is truly an understatement. Mm-hmm. I think. Ultimately, their goal is to get Roe v. Wade (laughs) overturned. Obviously, that looks like it's where it's heading. But what this really translates to is all this stuff is going to pass in their legislative parties, right? And then it's going to go to the courts and it's going to take a long time. But that's a huge battle that's going to be coming up and is also going to be a huge issue for 2020.
5: It's a giant issue for 2020. That's why voting is so important because right now, no lower court is can they can they can't allow these bills to go forward under current law they just cannot only the supreme court can overturn Roe v. Wade in these cases. And and like you said, that could take years. That's why we have to take the Senate and the White House so we can write laws upholding protections for abortion Mm -hmm. and so we can ensure that uh, future Supreme Court justices aren't assholes. Exactly. Uh, And even perhaps add uh, three judges to the SCOTUS (laughs) and appoint them ourselves. Just the thought. Yeah, yeah. Don't decide not to vote because you don't like everything about whoever wins the Democratic nomination. Um, We need your vote. Everyone who has a uterus needs your vote, particularly uh, people of color who are it seemed to be more under attack by these laws uh if you don't vote and trump wins and roe v wade is overturned i will squarely blame everyone who decided not to vote uh so don't do that same but yeah you're totally right this is horrendous they'll all be blocked it'll go to the supreme court one of them will make it yeah Um, they just
6: need one that's a sad thing yeah
3: i feel so blindsided because out of nowhere, it was just, or at least in my purview, out of nowhere, it was just boom, 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 one state after the other. And it's like, what the hell? I, I had like, no idea that that was coming. Yeah,
6: if I had to guess, and I don't really know much myself, but it feels like a Tea Party kind of issue that might have rooted when Obama was elected.
5: Well, they've been um, gerrymandering uh, and trying to steal uh, House and state assemblies uh, and governorships for a while. This has been a couple of decades in the making. Mm. Uh, And so that was the setup for this to get uh, at least you might not be able to get half the states that have Republican Senate, Republican House and Republican governor, but enough to make it look like the majority of Americans think this way, which is what you brought up the other the other day in one of our daily episodes for patrons was that. You know, because we were talking about how Chief Justice Roberts tends to not rule against the zeitgeist, like mm-hmm. what the people want. Like, like for example, the the gay marriage stuff, and you know, he he might be a, this sort of conservative guy, but he's not going to go against the public wave of opinion. Exactly. And so Republicans, for decades now, trying to make it seem like the majority of America, you know, if we get twenty-two states on board, if we can cheat, how do we do that? Well, we got to gerrymander and cheat. Uh, and then, you know, maybe get Russia involved and get no, the NRA really. to fund us. I think it's us. been a
6: long time coming for a lot of these issues. All
5: to do this. All to just... And it's not about... It's not because they care about uh, life. It's no. because they want to control women. Yeah. It's almost and like a new or world order. Or people with
6: uteruses, I should yeah, say. Yeah. It's like an old world order, too. They want to bring back what it used to be. What is plural for uterus? Uteri? Uteri. I would imagine. I'm going to call them uteri. Jesus, I don't know. jesus I never knew that one, so... <laughs> That's my joke. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, how do I think about
5: that? I'm like, where did that come from? Where did from? that come from? <laughs> it came from an AG comedy yes, set. Yes, in my head, guys. <laughs> well, that is it. just... Thank you for covering that stuff. It's... It's um... it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm going to read a, a a Twitter thread later uh, at the end of the show Um, that kind of... Actually, I'm going to read it now. Because it really kind of... It, when I read it, it really put into perspective... It it, it said a lot of things that I was feeling, particularly about this kind of stuff. Her name is Julia Peacock. She was running for uh, California 42 uh, against Calvert, I think, incumbent Republican. I think she's running again in 2020. And she put out this thread, and it's been retweeted a zillion, bazillion times, and it's absolutely fantastic. And she says, Dear whoever is listening, we are so tired. Tired of hearing you talk on and on about his crimes, then doing almost nothing about it. We're tired of Twitter platitudes that lack substance, heart, or a plan. We're tired of hearing the same thing on the news every night, only to wake up the next day to some new insanity while we hear you utter the same hollow refrains. We're tired of the blue wave that has left merely a puddle under our shoes that quickly blends in with the shadows of the treachery that is this traitorous leadership of our democracy. We're tired of pundits and experts who repeat what we already learned, Uh, that, that another day has passed into history with no action or recourse for our fears. We're tired of trying to explain to our daughters why, no matter how hard we rage against the dying of the light, that we haven't done enough to ensure the courts will be fair to them as they grow into adulthood and inherit this mess we've created. We're tired of hearing from those who believed him only to find two years later that they didn't realize he was lying, and oh my, how he's hurt me, so now I actually care and want to take back my vote. We're tired of marching and protesting and petitioning and signing and hearings and reports and the rot of evidence you have before you that you won't do anything productive with. We're tired of your whimpering and simpering, and we can't do this because of his base that leaves us hollow and heartbroken. We're tired of trying to explain why all of this is so damn dangerous and potentially irreversible while you beg for patience. We're tired of being polite and turning the other cheek and going high against racists and liars and thieves and power-hungry zealots who just want us to know our place. We're tired of trying to do more with less at home, in school, at work, and everywhere in our lives while you keep getting paid and have insurance and travel for free on our dime. Did I mention we're tired? But do not misunderstand. We are tired, but we are not done. See, we are watching you. We are remembering your promises and your vows to protect us and fight for us and to not go gentle into that good night. We remember. We are going to remember so much more of what you said that you that you do but didn't, what you promised but ignored. Our feet are sore, our hearts are heavy, and we are wondering how much more we can handle and how many, how many more mountains we can climb and how much longer we can stand and wait for you to do what we have been counting on you to do. We are tired, but we will fight on. And for every one of us who loses their way and cannot take another single step, five more of us will take their place. But you owe it to us, the tired, the poor, the huddled masses yearning to breathe free, to do your jobs. I'm sorry. To protect our democracy and our constitution, to hold the lawbreakers and cheats accountable. Now, right now, no more obfuscating, no more placating, do your jobs. I mean that that is summed up so perfectly. Who
6: who was that again? That is Julia, Julia Peacock. Julia Peacock.
5: California forty second. Wow. Candidate for Congress. Wow. So, yes, Congress. Those are one of those like
6: audacity of hope speeches. That kind of hits for like, Twitter. Right? That's I'm, I'm insa- like the M. No,
5: phone. really? I felt it. When she's like, five more will take their place, I'm like, yes, we will. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. <clears throat> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no feelings, no emotions. No feelings. Uh, I am a stone. <laughs> Jaleesa, so let's pivot a little bit, talk for a second about the uh, two Florida counties that were breached uh, by Russia. Yeah, yeah.
6: It's so funny how this is a lighter election. topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: Moving on to the lighter side of the news,
6: Russians hacked our elections and now there's proof. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So this week we learned from Politico and The Washington Post that in 2016, two Florida voter registration databases were breached by the Russian government group GRU and they were spearfished. As many of you know, this is the same Russian spy agency that hacked the DNC servers that same year. And. In response, the election supervisor in one of those counties, Carol Rudd said, quote, if each agency gets suspicious of the other's ability to follow the rules of confidentiality, then those tenuous lines of communication quickly break down. That would set our security capabilities back years and severely compromise our ability to protect our elections. And that would be a big win for the Russians going into 2020. So it sounds like she understands how serious this breach is. But she also is concerned that if she goes around blabbing about the details of the breach to just anyone, that it will put the agencies in even more turmoil on the On the other hand, Florida Secretary of of State Ken Detzner said that while he was legally prohibited from commenting on the breach, he added that, quote, the citizens deserve and have a right to know important things with regard to their election security. He also said that over enough time, it'll eventually come out anyways. So as a result of all of this, Florida's congressional members are pushing for a change in legislation regarding election breach notifications. Currently, the law states that federal agents are not obligated to disclose information about cyber attacks as soon as they occur. Obviously, many people are not happy about that. In fact, Congresswoman Stephanie Murphy said, quote, It is untenable to continue to hold this information classified and not let the public know. This chaotic drip drab of information that is coming out of this is doing more harm to constituents' faith in our electoral system. However, the FBI believes that voters in those counties have no right to that information because they claim the victims are the counties themselves rather than the individual voters. They even made the governor of Florida sign an NDA saying that he wouldn't go public with the info he got from his FBI Briefing on Thursday.
3: This is the FBI that's saying all
5: this. Yeah, right, so yeah, and so yeah, I think that's a lie, though. Pe-
6: well, maybe, maybe.
5: I think I think DeSantis is lying about that's
6: that. very possible. Basically, lawmakers disagree with this entire process. They say even Republican Congressman uh, or even Republican Congressman Matt Gates, who we mentioned earlier, he said this is ridiculous and that the victims in the cases are not the government office, office holders, but rather the voters. So, wow, we
3: agree with Matt Gates on something. Well, it's everyone, yeah, because everyone is a voter, right? Right. And- so I guess in that case,
6: right, kinda- but
5: they're. But their justification for not telling right, right. anyone only the victims can tell. Right, if I'm just there, you know. I'm I see what you're saying, saying Jordan. It's, it's not like
3: yeah, just more like are you in traffic or are you traffic? Right. Yes. I get what you're saying. We're but all in the, this. We're all being screwed over together. Totally. All I'm saying
6: the FBI for some reason though is saying that the counties themselves are not the voters. Like they're being very semantic about this, saying the county has to come out out themselves. Basically, yeah. Th- yeah, yeah. They're they're
5: designating them as the only victims in this. Totally.
6: Right. And some people are saying the FBI is kind of right. I don't know who these people are, but some people apparently. Experts say it's not their place to out the victims. Um, it's anonymous experts. So maybe it's the FBI doing their own <laughs> quotes. So the root of the whole argument seems to be whether or not the FBI is overclassifying the information regarding the breach. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think they are.
3: I mean, as of now, if you told me to explain to you what happened, I couldn't tell you other than that. I know that, they that we just, were hacked, right? I mean, yeah. And I and think... I'd like to know the specifics of that. So then as a activist and citizen, I can... Tell my congressmen to look out and women. Yeah, to yeah. look to look out for certain things, I guess.
6: And on top of that, I think another argument was that um, like we already, already know, know about is... spearfishing. Like we've already had articles that have publicly explained what it is, or in terms of like what Russia's doing. So for them to say that they can't talk about it, it's already been talked about in other contexts. So we just want to know which counties specifically were hacked in, in Florida, and they don't want to tell anybody. Yeah. So that's just
5: weird to me. It's yeah. Like,
3: mm-hmm. Local citizens need to be able to lobby their representatives yeah. accurately.
5: Mm. But we did find out uh, one of them is Washington County
3: oh okay that confused me i was like washington but that's
6: in florida yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah.
5: okay okay thank you for clearing that up (laughs) so yeah that was the follow-up that i sent you uh, cool i did see that they found out it was washington Washington
6: county it was one of them Mm -hmm. we still don't know the other um i wonder if it's Browdered. oh that's that's a weird county okay anyways that's my hot note all right
5: thank you yeah you are our election protection selection yes i'm on it
6: reporting on the news you heard it here first First. we're getting (laughs)
5: hacked guys election security happening you heard it here first two years ago (laughs) i
3: I get. uh i understand the sentiment behind saying that the trust citizens have in the electoral process might go down when this information comes up but is it not going down even more when you're Telling me, hey, you might not trust us after the thing we're not gonna tell you happened, it's like, well now I'm just losing both in both ways. Yeah. I, well, yeah.
5: and should we trust an untrust an untrustworthy system? <laughs> <laughs> should we forget about the reservoir of trust? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Should we untrust should we trust an untrustworthy system? That's right. a very good point. That's I mean, I get it. You don't want to, you know, the whole I the whole goal of Russia was for us to lose faith in our democratic process. Mission accomplished. Um, but as was Maria Putin's. <clears throat> mm-hmm. right. so, Like, what you know, what should you just? Oh, let's just not tell them and uh, everything will be fine. Right, right.
6: And the FBI, with all of their, like, you know, controversies going on, you think they would maybe bend the rules a little. But I guess this is just who they are. They're like, even when we're facing fire, they're going to stick to their guns and say, (laughs) well, in the law, it says. Well, this is
5: Trump's FBI, too. All of Mm. uh, Comey's five, everybody who (sighs) we really liked in the FBI is gone. You're
3: so right. I
5: forgot about that.
6: That's a
3: big deal. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They must be able to come up with some statement, though, that divulges something more than what's already been divulged and, mm-hmm. and Just something. wouldn't fall under, you know, revealing too much. Leak that shit.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was it, uh, I think, Trevor Noah or someone said, leak the Mueller report. Like, how
3: is it so hard? Like, apparently Nick Cage could, like, steal the, you know, <laughs>
6: declaration. Granted, it's a movie. But, yeah, that'd be great.
3: Yeah. If there are people that are going to be like, oh, I don't trust these voting systems, so I'm not going to vote. Those people already exist currently. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think that there's much that's going to come out of point. specifics. I'll be like, OK, well, that's too much. Much. Yeah. It's already yeah. generally known that our electoral system is weak apparently.
6: We knew that before be... the hacking. Yeah. 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 I just want to know
3: how weak. How weak tea is this? <laughs> like
6: Yeah. yeah
5: yeah it is important information i, I hope it gets out uh, i hope that somebody figures out what the fuck is going on but yes, i, I feel like you. <laughs> i feel like desantis and um trump's fbi and the white house are sort of in on it. blocking this from happening right that because sounds they like them. need russian interference in order to win 2020 yeah yeah and it's kind of like everyone <clears> underneath
6: <throat> desantis that's like hey this is wrong and mm-hmm. he's just like oh well, He's, oh. he's the only one that got the full briefing.
5: Yeah. I was told not to say anything. Mm. I don't believe you, They subpoenaed Although yeah. there have been some FBI people who have said, ah, that's actually pretty common where you read somebody in in a skiff and you tell them you can't talk about that's it. That's what I
6: was thinking. I was just hoping that maybe they would at least like change their rules a bit in this case. But
5: yeah. And, but again, then it's, this is Trump, F, Trump's FBI who's making them sign an Yeah, So an it's ADA. even
6: more concerning in that sense.
5: Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. All right, thanks for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Real depressing. Okay. (laughs) All right, let's go back to Attorney General Barr's confirmation hearing. Remember all those years ago when he told the Senate Judiciary Committee that it would be illegal for a president to coach a witness or persuade a witness to change testimony? Uh, This was before he released the Mueller report with his specified redactions to Congress and the public, and before he decided himself to rule that the president had not obstructed justice. And now, We might know what have motivated at least some of those redactions in a newly unredacted court filing from prosecutors related to Flynn's sentencing. Mueller's team has revealed that one of the things Flynn told special counsel was Trump and his allies tried to thwart the investigation by reaching out to Flynn to suborn perjury after Flynn's lawyer backed out of the joint defense agreement (laughs) and after Flynn started cooperating Mm, makes sense. The defendant informed the government of multiple instances, both before and after his guilty plea, whether he or his attorneys received communications from persons connected to the administration or Congress that could have affected both his willingness to cooperate and the completeness of the cooperation. The defendant even provided a voicemail recording of one such communication. Uh, The voicemail now we know comes from John Dowd right after Flynn pulled out of the joint defense agreement, which was one of the major clues we received early on that Flynn was getting ready to flip. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, they pulled out of the joint defense agreement. He's going to flip. He's going to flip. And then, bam, he flipped. Right. Those were some big beans we had back in the day. (laughs) Flynn's attorney. Uh, return the call November 23rd, 2017. That's like three weeks after we started our podcast mm. uh, to acknowledge the receipt of the voicemail and said uh, they are no longer in a position to share information under any sort of privilege. And uh, apparently Dowd was indignant and vocal in his disagreement. <laughs> I am not surprised. <laughs> Remember uh, when we were reading? I can't remember what book it was, but the meetings between Dowd was it fear? It the sounds like between fear Dowd or and, Russian
6: roulette. One of those and yeah. Mueller. Russian
3: roulette, but I don't.
5: Yeah. there were a lot
6: of meetings
3: in these books, man. Yeah, no, I think it was fear between was Dowd fear. and Muller, where Dowd's like, "Come on, you fucker, we're helping with you and
5: everything we fucking can." <laughs> yeah, fear. That's <laughs> I do that, remember yeah. that. Yeah, like yeah. a
3: fear-like story.
5: Yeah, yeah,
3: <clears throat> a
6: fear quote right
5: there. <laughs> it was yeah. a fear. That quote That was all for the sure. juicy stuff in that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this new, uh, newly unsealed portion of the filing also details Flynn's efforts to help Mueller in the WikiLeaks email dump operation, saying Flynn, quote, provided statements made in 2016 by senior campaign officials that included the possibility of reaching out to WikiLeaks. Mm. So that's probably some more of the proof that mm-hmm. allowed Mueller to make to draw the conclusion that they were willing and able to accept this help in the Trump campaign. Definitely. And that they knew it would help their chances of winning. Um, Dems in Congress are using this filing as an example of why they need the underlying evidence from the report and not just the unredacted report itself. Mm, okay. Uh, this speaks volumes to our ongoing questions about why Trump allies never once said anything negative about Flynn, despite uh, publicity um, or publicly attacking other cooperating witnesses like Cohen, right? They, uh, he always was kind to Manafort and Flynn, but not Cohen and, and some of the other folks.
6: Oh, poor Cohen. <laughs>
5: The Washington Post reported this week that when Dowd left the voicemail, he was trying to learn whether Flynn had any problematic information about the president after his lawyers signaled they might be cooperating with Mueller, namely by pulling out of that joint defense agreement. Right. So now we have Barr, who has ad- admitted a few times that this kind of behavior is classic obstruction of justice. Uh, Not just in his confirmation hearing, which I mentioned, but in his four page bullshit memo where he said, quote, obviously, the president and any other official can commit obstruction in the classic sense of sabotaging a proceedings truth finding function. (laughs) So Barr got the report, redacted the Flynn stuff, refuses to supply the underlying evidence and then says he doesn't see any obstruction of justice. And now the Mueller prosecutors decide to release publicly the previously redacted evidence showing how Flynn provided cooperation in previous sentencing memos. So this unredacted material, this isn't from the Mueller report. These these unredacted pages are are Mueller's um, lawyers basically f- making a court filing in the Flynn sentencing case. With all, do you remember the old Flynn sentencing memo with all the redacted yeah. parts? That's this. That's mm. so
6: interesting. I didn't realize it was going to come from there.
5: Yeah. So this isn't what's in the Mueller report. Yeah. This is something Side totally note. different. I
6: feel like Flynn and Stone should do a sitcom called The Flintstones. That's all. Ah! That's all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Uh, Flynn Stone meet <laughs> Flynn Stone, and they're just both behind bars, just oh, yeah. talking
5: to each other. That's cute. obstructing fan. Love, yeah <laughs> so Are you. So filing... this bologna? sorry. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I love <okay>. it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, The filing says Flynn received communications from people connected to the administration and Congress. And Matthew Miller, a former Justice Department spokesperson who we've had on as a guest, um, says these revelations make clear just how important it is that Congress get all of the materials underlying the Mueller report. We already know that one of Trump's attorneys had tried to dissuade Flynn from cooperating. But the news that someone connected to Congress did so raises questions for both Congress's own internal ethics processes and for the public. We need to know who it was and what they did. Unquote. I have beans on Nunez. considering he tweeted about being in constant contact with Flynn uh, and remember that he was meeting with a group of congressional Republicans in secret to strategize how to fight the Mueller investigation. Mm-hmm. Remember those little secret oh, yeah. Mickey Mouse Club fucking meetings that <laughs> he was having? <laughs> mm-hmm. Down in the deep hulls of Congress or whatever. I <laughs> fucking hate that guy. Uh, these revelations are hugely, hugely important. First, uh, they give Congress a huge leg to stand on in the fight for the full report and the underlying material. This could also be the catalyst for opening an official impeachment inquiry. Hint, hint. Mm -hmm. Uh, Though that's not to say we didn't have enough already. But this is clear obstruction deserving of further scrutiny that has come outside the Mueller report, or at least bits we've been allowed to see. So Barr's cloudy bullshit release of the report isn't a consideration here. This is new information that equates to the same article of impeachment against Nixon, quote, approving, condoning, acquiescing in, and counseling witnesses with respect to the giving of false or misleading statements to lawfully authorized investigative officers and employees of the United States, and false or misleading testimony in duly instituted judicial and congressional proceedings. Mm, Long way to say witness tampering, right? (laughs) Liar! (laughs) But now Barr's redactions should be under severe scrutiny, because this is clearly something he was trying to hide. Not only that, but uh, this direct evidence calls into question Barr's conclusions that there was no obstruction. And since it doesn't come from the Mueller report, it's a brand new thing we just got. This is what you could use to open an impeachment inquiry. Because they don't have executive privilege over this, right? <clears throat> right. Nice. It hasn't been exerted. This is just the Flynn me- sentencing memo that the Mueller's team, oh, just- Coincidentally, uh, we're going to publish yeah, yeah. this unredacted. <laughs> so smart. It's like chess. And so, you know, if, if somebody was like, oh, we've had the, we'd had the Mueller report for weeks. Why now, Nancy Pelosi? Why are you opening an impeachment inquiry now? Well, this is completely separate from that. So nice, nice. now you can do it nancy if you're listening (laughs) do it now
3: that is still a good question though you should have done that shit long ago
5: yes yeah so now they could question why you waited okay fair enough yeah yeah um we were reading it (laughs) (laughs) Um, the kicker to all this is that Judge Emmett Sullivan released a, uh, released two-minute orders this week in Flynn's case. And remember, Sullivan is the judge that warned Flynn multiple times in a sentencing hearing last December that he'd do well not to be sentenced right today, mm-hmm. but rather he should just go home, try to cooperate a little more. Be a good boy. <laughs> for his own good. Uh, and during that hearing, uh, he also asked Mueller's team if they'd consider charging Flynn with treason. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And he walked it back a little bit. Um, (laughs) Sullivan has ordered, though, that the portions of the Mueller report related to Flynn be unredacted and released to the public, along with the voicemail from Dowd and the transcripts of Flynn's conversations with Kislyak during the transition. So this uh, Flynn memo that had nothing to do with the Mueller report has come out now, and it has prompted Judge Sullivan to say, all right, well, then I want everything in the Mueller report about Flynn unredacted and released to the public. And those... Uh, and not, you know, again, that voicemail, uh, mm-hmm. want, he wants the public to have that and those, uh, Kislyak, uh, transcripts where well, those are the conversations that he lied about having, remember? Uh, and this is the first time a federal judge has ordered unredacted portions of the Mola report be released to the public. We know Amy Berman, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, ordered that the justice department furnish unredacted portions to her related to Stone's case. But Sullivan here is releasing it to all of us. Yeah. Can he do that? Yes. How? <clears throat> He's a judge,
3: (laughs) but someone can appeal that before it gets
5: released, can't they? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know because it's this procedural. It's not a. It's not a hearing. (laughs) Skeptical.
3: I forgot that that
5: needed another
3: skeptical. I'm (laughs) skeptical. I like the suspense. They might (laughs) they might file an
5: injunction or file an uh, an appeal or a a, what do you call it a motion to Mm -hmm. obstruct that thing. Yeah. Um, But I haven't heard about this anywhere. But I wonder if this could affect the Buzzfeed FOIA suit, where you remember Mm -hmm. when Judge Reggie Walton reserved the right to look under the redactions to determine whether Barr's redactions were appropriate or Mm not. This could have Buzzfeed now could file a suit to say, "Oh, it appears that the Flynn shit is bullshit. We should look under those redactions." Yes, Uh, and Walton might do that. Oh, I love it! I really want to
6: see Trump's lawyers have a Freudian slip in court and be like, "I obstruct." I mean, I object.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. Of course, you do. All right, cool, guys. We'll be right back in a second. Blah. blah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) We'll be right back. Hey, this is AG, and I want to talk to you about the overall health and well-being I've experienced using Noom. Getting in shape is not just about losing weight. It's about learning healthier habits you can stick to and feeling better, whether it's having more energy, being in tune with your body's needs, or practicing a more fulfilling approach to self-care. Noom is not a diet, it's a habit-changing solution that helps users develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and self-image. Noom is based in psychology, and it gives you the tools you need to overcome obstacles and irrational thoughts that we associate with bad habits. I started using Noom about five months ago and I love it. My goal initially was to learn how to moderate because I tend to have an all or nothing approach to health. So I would severely restrict myself for eight weeks, go to the gym six days a week, lose a bunch of weight, then I would stop and not do anything and gain it all back. And that kind of up and down is really bad for my heart. But Noom helped me stop feeling shame about having a burrito and understanding that eating cake once in a while doesn't wreck the whole year. And best of all, it's convenient and it saves me time. I used to have you use a different app for logging meals, one for logging exercise, another one for counting steps, another one for nutrition, another one for support. But with Noom, it's all there in one app and it only takes about 10 minutes a day. So in the first few months, I lost about 17 pounds, and that's because of the tricks and tips I learned about how to moderate and have a better relationship with food, and I've been able to keep it off now. Jordan, you've been using Noom, too.
3: Yeah, it's really helped me kind of see... I love the uh, little exercises that the app has you do. Every day you have to go through these little readings and quizzes. And it's very helpful information that no other app is going to give you, really. Uh, stuff about what kinds of foods do what for your body. Stuff that's not just related to losing weights. It's a very comprehensive program that they put together.
5: Yeah, and I actually learned about intermittent fasting. I hadn't heard of it before. And it actually turns out that that's the best way for me to eat. It's the most convenient way for me to eat. And it's, it's really helped my health and energy. So... And uh, they have a goal specialist and community support too, and it's helpful to me when I'm having those all-or-nothing moments. Uh, And now I have more energy. I feel better. I feel better wearing my clothes. I'm not afraid of falling off track either because, again, they take away that all-or-nothing thing. So Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. So sign up for your trial today at Noom, dot com slash A-G. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash A-G to start your trial today. Again, that's Noom.com slash A-G. Start losing weight for good. All right, you guys ready for Sabotage? Yes. All right, guys, just when you thought the Flynn story couldn't get any weirder, uh, we have now learned that Flynn started co- after Flynn started cooperating, he reached out to Congressman Matt Gates and encouraged him to continue to bash Mueller and fight the investigation. That's according to CNN, who somehow obtained these messages, which were sent as DMs on Twitter. He sent a couple of messages Flynn did to Gates saying, you stay on top of what you're doing. Your leadership is so vital for our country now. Keep the pressure on. That message was sent in April of 2018. The same evening, Gates appeared on Fox News sharply criticizing the Mueller investigation, like within the hour of that happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gates said he did not respond. The second message Flynn sent was a gif of a bald eagle and then an American flag that Flynn sent to Gates the day Barr was confirmed. Uh, This shows that Flynn could have been vacillating back and forth during his cooperation about whether he wanted to cooperate or not. And this could complicate matters for Flynn during sentencing. But it also could show that maybe some of that, uh, you know, reach out from uh, lawyers in the Trump sphere when Dowd left that message and dangled those pardons and said, you know, we're on your side, bro. That might have made him waver a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, In December 2018, during that Sullivan sentencing hearing, Sullivan expressed skepticism that Flynn had accepted responsibility for his crimes. And so this is not going to play well with him. Uh, And this seems to be separate from anything in the Mueller report or the Flynn memo. I have doubts that Mueller knew anything about this. uh, And this is also separate from that's beans, by the way. I don't know. Right, right. But this is also separate from the members of Congress mentioned in the filing unsealed this week in the Flynn case in that memo. According to Asha while this might not be illegal, it could cast doubt on Flynn's guilty plea and explains why Trump was so comfortable with Flynn and not someone like Cohen. This seems like a campaign for a pardon and uh, now much like Manafort. Flynn could be perceived as having been disingenuous in his cooperation with Mueller. Wow. Because of these messages. The major question remains, who leaked these to CNN? Is it Flynn trying to lube the truth and get out in front of it? Or my theory, what if it's Gates trying to discredit Flynn as a witness? Oh, that's so like Gates and less like Flynn. In the upcoming Stone trial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some have asked if it was Flynn trying to bait Gates as part of the investigation. (laughs) Like maybe Mueller's like, "Who text your buddies and see who answers. Yeah, yeah. that, That seems weird, though. Uh, either way, I'm dying to know how CNN got their hands on these Twitter messages. He's the master gate baiter. That's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Gates Master He's Yeah. Oh my gosh, I like that Gates baiter. <laughs> <laughs> so silly <laughs> it is, but it's funny. I like it too. Uh, and super sabotage. Okay. Uh, Do we have a song for super sabotage? Maybe just regular sabotage? Yeah, just a little more umph on it, yeah. (laughs) Pizazz. (laughs) Put some stank on it. (laughs) Today, a Republican congressman for the first time from Michigan's 3rd District, Justin Amash, has just tweeted a thread like an hour ago saying Trump has engaged in impeachable conduct. Oh, It begins. Yes. This is the first guy. To, to jump ship. Thank, Thank you for your, your service, sir. Yes, he says Here are my principal conclusions. One, Attorney General Barr has deliberately misrepresented the Mueller report. Two, President Trump has engaged in impeachable conduct. Three, partisanship has eroded our system of checks and balances. And four, few members of Congress have read the report.
3: Thank God. Seriously. Fucking Christ. What's How guys fucking name again? hard is that to it's do? So, so, Justin
5: Amash, he came in on the 2010 Tea Party wave. He's a super wow. libertarian Tea Party guy. Yeah,
3: Joe Walsh is the guy that's on Twitter now. It's like this beacon of light on my news feed. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's still a douche, but yeah. I, I, I do want to give so, mad props a where props are
6: I know like, some people are going to say don't give people credit for like doing what they should, but it takes a lot for someone with that kind of mentality to flip it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like these are their like core values and Trump just pushed them to the
5: limit. So mm-hmm. I,
3: I really do commend well,
5: him. Well, they also
3: jumped on a very specific bandwagon as Tea Partiers and this was not part of it. So. No. Yeah,
5: yeah. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know, I, he goes on for the, in this thread. You should look it up. It's Justin Amash. He's he's written this. It's going everywhere. It's going nice. viral. But he said, um, look, I read the report and this is some fucked up shit and this isn't what I signed up for. And these are the I think Trump has committed impeachable offenses, particularly in volume two under the obstruction of justice stuff and uh yeah wow for a republican congressman to come forward Huge. and say that Big because beans. once one the first one is always the hardest to tip over yeah Right?
6: After that, what? Romney might come around with some harder stances. Uh, he might be more than disappointed. <laughs> he's a senator. Good point. Good point. Well,
3: I bet he didn't come up with that in a vacuum. He's <clears> probably <throat> been talking to his other mm-hmm. colleagues and peers, and they're like, this is fucked up, right? I'm not good crazy. Point, point, that's right? a yeah. really yeah. good point. This is, this is point. fucked yeah. up. I don't think I'm he like, would just okay, go out on
5: that limb without having. Without... Test the waters. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, we
6: shall see what uh, hot notes we'll have in the next few weeks about Republicans <laughs> <No>. coming out.
3: Dude. And then also, like, fucking Tommy Lauren <laughs> on Twitter this week.
6: Yes, with the reproductive stuff. Yes. Coming out
3: against that shit it's like
6: i mean it's common sense but also thank you for being yeah and
5: at first i was afraid she was doing it because she thought it was too extreme to pass scotus uh which is what that pat robertson guy was uh, basically saying Mm -hmm. um but no she was actually saying this is too this is too far she's Mm -hmm. saying
3: people are not going to stop getting abortions they're just going to find other unsafe ways to do it yeah 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 what damn it feels good to let these people in you know i agree like come come, to the fold keep chasing this feeling yeah come over to our side yeah Fucking and stop! She's she's not like a
6: completely evil person. I I totally have a lot of problems with her, but even there was this rapper who made a video where he referenced like problems he had with her, and she said, "Well, you did reference killing me, but I would
5: like to talk to you." Oh
3: my god!
6: Yeah, she's been a little more open. Maybe it's just recently, but who knows? I don't don't want to give too much. Who
5: you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It could be just a whole stunt to switch sides and be more popular. I wonder. Whatever. I don't care.
3: Switch sides. Come over here. Whatever it popular. Well, it's important because you're a mouthpiece.
5: Yeah, Yeah. you're an influencer. That's all. That's why it's important. Right.
3: Yes. that's all she is is just someone that's found out what she needs to say and how she needs to say it to like make money so the fact that she said something like that For that potentially good? would that's make incredible. her less money there's yeah. more
5: money over here Tommy come over here that's,
3: that's <laughs> if true. it's money you won't yeah. that's so true you ever heard of Bill Gates that's oh. true yeah but we got
5: Soros oh we do. We no, have Bill, a couple Gates, of billionaires. Bill Gates
3: is liberal. Oh,
5: I thought you said that's not true. Have you ever heard of oh. Bill Gates? Oh, no, heard no, no, of no, no,
3: Oprah yeah. No, 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 no. I was saying, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, there's <laughs> just white Join men Oprah's in
5: my brain club. all the time. We yeah. Oprah, we got the Amazon Totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a bunch of people that got have a lot of money yeah, over yeah. here. Yeah,
6: you can get paid a lot of money. Where's this money? No one's giving me.
3: I just more mean liberals in general across the world. Yeah.
5: Or just there's more people over here. There are, uh, yeah. And yes. if you're just go- if you're just going by clicks and hits and spins, yeah, yeah.
3: Thirty five dollar donation on average. That's Again, incredible. Just come. There's a lot of people that will do that. Just yeah, care. they care. A lot of people that care on this side. Yeah, and- I think I think we'd welcome her fondly.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean there'd be a lot of things to hash out. Sure, we'll it must talk definitely. it over. We'll have Am some I going to give you a whole drawer of your own? You know, I have to figure out where <laughs> we'll, the apartment gets split. We'll but
3: go yeah, with the flow. There's going to need to be some reintegration work for sure. <laughs> but
5: yeah, can't Just wear pink down on Wednesdays. Our, yeah. Come sit down with our death panels. Exactly. <laughs> we'll make sure you're fine. All right, guys, ready for the fantasy indictment league? Yes. I'm going to be indicted. No, oh, wait, it's going to be a- indicted. Honey, Dick,
3: indicted.
4: I'm gonna be indicted! Hold it, they can't. It's gonna be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm gonna be
5: indicted. All right, guys. No indictments this week, so no points. And I get to pick first. And I'm going with Brody. I feel like it's. Oh. I feel like it's gonna be Brody's time. I'm not gonna say that terrible joke uh that Roger Stone always says. Oh no, worry. I, I think yeah. his time is coming. Yeah. <laughs> I will go with Weiselberg. All
3: right. Uh right. I'm so going. Write these down. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with. Donald Trump Jr. Why yeah. not? Just start it off with a Hail Mary. Just throw it <laughs> off. Throw it out
5: there. Uh, Tom Barack. Okay. <laughs> mm. Sherry Dillon for me. All right. Okay. That's one of Trump's lawyers mm-hmm. from the Trump org, I think. Mm-hmm. Trump inaugural. Trump inaugural. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go with the Trump org.
6: Oh, that was your pick inaugural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trump inaugural. Yeah. And then
5: org for UAG. Okay. Yes.
6: Well, since we're all doing Trump stuff, does he have anything left that he owns? Like, uh, the Trump <laughs> campaign?
3: I want the campaign then. For
5: Trump I feel like ice. The is
3: no. He owns nothing. Trump ice, the water.
5: <laughs> That's right. True Trump, Trump ice. ice. Never forget. It put, he ended up on his financial disclosure forms this week that he made like a quarter of a million dollars from Trump ice. Yeah. It's been defunct since 2010.
3: It's <laughs> amazing. Um, it's my turn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Someone asked me why I, on Twitter – sorry, I didn't respond to you. I'm publicly calling myself out right now. <laughs> they, they asked me why I picked Sater in the Fantasy and Diamond League, mm-hmm. and it's just because of his relationship with uh, the Trump Tower Moscow and yeah. everything. Well, as it turns
5: and, out, though, he's a cooperating right, witness for that's, the FBI. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. So, so maybe he lied to Congress about Trump Tower Moscow as an informant for the FBI.
3: yeah you want to switch it Is up that this Is that something week? you can do that I still feel like you can? You can lie to Congress as long as the FBI knows
5: that. If the Congress knows. Wouldn't you just say
3: I can't answer that question?
5: I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point.
3: Yeah, I don't know.
6: Either way. But it could g-
5: blow your cover, you know? Yeah, you no, don't want to look like.
6: If you want to keep saying it and, so. and he gets like indicted
3: next week and you're like,
5: ah, oh,
6: I don't know. Yeah, it's and... like a rando if
3: nothing else, right? All oh, these are just fantasies anyway, so I'll just keep them on there, I guess.
5: Tight, it, but... All right, I'll do uh, AMI. Mm, yes,
6: I will do Brittany Kaiser as per usage.
3: Um, I'm going to do, Corsi plea deal. Ooh, good one. It's coming. You think you'll, you think you will plea up? Finally, I don't think no. It's been so long at this I think point. I feel like fucker. oh yeah. yeah. Good point. Good point. That's true. It's sort of been like... he has
5: that whole lawsuit against the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, Mueller, and the Department of Justice.
3: Yes, he's acting up, but at this point, it's been so long since he's been severely acting up. I wonder if maybe some sense has come around to him or something. And Could be. I don't know. Like, they didn't take the bait, really. So it's like, <clears> all right, well. <laughs> is this my fifth pick? This is your fifth pick. Last one? Yeah, last round.
6: Uh, Assange. Cool. That fucking guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
6: I'm going to do Eric Prince nice oh, i forgot about him i line. forgot right? about him too
3: i was trying to i knew that
5: there's that so was... many
6: players i actually write them down i'm cheating. Yeah. i'm sorry
5: <laughs> there's no. still pecker and dylan howard oh, from yeah. that haven't gotten that haven't been picked yet yeah mm.
3: where's critico at in all this right now do you <laughs> good think question. in terms of where in the sentiment <laughs> sentiment that uh investigative bodies have let's Do I'm just gonna go with yeah? And Nunberg hasn't been. Oh, Nunberg! Haven't heard (laughs) (laughs) Nunberg. That old guy. I just think of her red, plump face. Yeah, which makes me happy face (laughs) because he got totally owned (laughs) on television. Oh, (laughs) Oh, Oh. really?
5: Oh, god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll highly talk him down (laughs) off the ledge. She's like, um, you'll go to jail. He's like, really? (laughs) Oh, never mind. I don't want to do that. (laughs) That sounds bad. Jail's bad. Yeah.
3: Okay. I'm going to go with. WikiLeaks, okay, nice.
6: Wiki, wiki, yeah, that's uh, that's five for us right, guys. That's a game, yeah.
5: Cool. All right, guys, we'll be right back with an interview with uh, Ellie Honig, and it's really awesome. So stick around for it. Spring is here, and that means it's time for spring cleaning. Yay! And I just got started uh, using the amazing non toxic products I get from Grove. Grove makes shopping for healthier home products more affordable and easier. Over half a million families shop grove.co for non-toxic dish soap, plant-based skincare, and tree-free bath tissue. Grove takes all the work out of having to research the sustainability and healthiness of the best natural, eco-friendly products online, and they deliver straight to your door, saving you even more time. Right now, you can get an exclusive offer from Grove on Mrs. Meyers. Select your favorite spring scents like peony, lilac, or mint, and new customers will get a free cleaning set in these limited-edition scents when you place your first order for 20 bucks. That's a free Mrs. Meyers spring hand soap kit or a free Mrs. Meyers spring dish soap or the free Mrs. Meyers spring multi-surface spray. They also uh, have Grove Collaborative cleaning caddies and the Grove Collaborative walnut scrubber sponges, which I love. Everything available at Grove is healthier for you and the planet, and they work wonderfully. They carry all my favorites, including the Mrs. Meyer stuff, 7th Generation, Burt's Bees, and Grove products as well. I recently got all my eco-friendly 7th Generation cleaning products from Grove. I used to have to travel to the store to get them, so I was really happy to find them there. Uh, I was amazed by the price and the convenience, and I found some products I didn't know about, like the Mrs. Meyers Multi-Surface Lilac Cleaner. I love lilacs, and I got that too. And uh, I use it, and it's absolutely wonderful and eco-friendly, and it's, it's... healthy non-toxic which is great for the podcast uh, I know I can trust everything I buy from Grove so I really I, I can't say enough wonderful things about this so they just take the work out of having to research um, all that uh, sustainability and non-toxic uh, plant-based stuff so try Grove now before this exclusive spring offer runs out for a limited time our listeners get a three-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer's Spring Scents, a free 60-day VIP membership and a surprise bonus gift just for you when you sign up and place an order of $20 or more Check out Grove and our special offer at grove.co, that's dot C-O, slash A-G. Again, that's grove.co slash A-G, not dot com. grove.co slash A-G. You'll be glad you did. So Renato, do you still have your own podcast?
0: Yeah, it's complicated.
5: What's so complicated about a podcast?
0: That's the name of the podcast, remember?
2: Oh, will you still be exploring topics that help us understand the week's news?
0: You bet, but we'll have a new name
1: because we're gonna be working together to explore complicated issues that are dominating the news.
5: Working together?
1: Yeah, you're hosting it with me, remember?
5: Oh, right. Wait, does that mean our podcast is going to have a Steam Mop segment?
1: Let's not get carried away but we'll discuss hot new legal topics. So check out our new episode coming soon to everywhere you get podcasts as well as
4: YouTube.
5: Joining us for the interview today is someone we've been wanting to talk to for a while. It's former federal and state prosecutor and CNN legal analyst, Ellie Honig. We really appreciate you coming on to talk to us. So a couple of things I really wanted to discuss today are uh, the implications of Judge Sullivan's de- decision and the release of cooperation information in the Flynn case, along with your views on Bill Barr's judgment, the judgment call that calls that he's been making and handling the, re- the release of the Mueller report and beyond. But but first, can I get your initial reactions to the news about Flynn this week? It's pretty, pretty bombshell stuff.
7: Yeah, it is. You know, my first reaction is actually this was a lot of this was already sort of known to the public. There are a few extra details that have come out this week, but the, the basic gist of Flynn and his cooperation and the efforts that people around Trump will say made to dissuade him from cooperating, to, to vaguely threaten him and to sort of maybe even potentially reward him if he didn't, that's already largely in the Mueller report. And And to me, it really underscored the fact that there's so much in there that really very few people... A very small percentage of the general public has absorbed and understood, and we've seen polling showing that something like 3% of the American public has actually read the report. I don't expect people to read it word for word. It's 440-something pages, but the fact that the fact that it drives home for me is there's so much stuff in there that it, that, that is so concerning and that is either criminal or an abuse of power that is just sitting there, but it's not even been fully mined. Or, or sort of put out in the public conscience.
5: Yeah, totally. And and like you said, we've kind of been reporting on these things as, the, I mean, the, you know, the for example, the phone calls back and forth between Flynn and members of the Trump campaign. And just like you said, some of that obstruction stuff, I didn't realize that they had an actual voicemail uh, of somebody doing that, uh, which is pretty crazy. And that Judge Sullivan wants to, Judge, Judge Sullivan, who, by the way, was asking Mueller's team why they hadn't considered charging Flynn with treason. Uh, You know, that kind of uh, that phone call evidence. He wants that release, that voicemail evidence. Uh, And I think the obstruction implications are pretty explosive in in that uh, case and that Mueller likely meant for the obstruction investigation to be continued by Congress. But What about all this new stuff that we might be seeing about the Russia investigation where Mueller's already decided he has not found evidence of a conspiracy that rose to the level of criminality? But that doesn't mean that collusion didn't happen and bad things didn't take place. So how important do you think this news is?
7: Yeah, people need to understand this idea. And and there's this uh, talking point that's being put out there by the president and our Attorney General, as well, no collusion, no collusion. that is complete nonsense and And you can start with the Mueller report. Robert Mueller goes out of his way in the report and i was I was glad to see him do this because a lot of prosecutors and I had said this before the Mueller report came out, which is collusion is not a legal term it's not a criminal term there's a very narrow area of antitrust law which has nothing to do with this, but other than that, you will not find the word collusion" in any criminal law book. It, it will never be uttered by a serious prosecutor. Um, the the term here is mm-hmm. conspiracy. So let's start with that. What what Mueller found is not that Trump did nothing or, or that people around him did nothing, including Don Trump Jr. And, and Manafort and Kushner. He just found there was not enough evidence to charge a crime of conspiracy. That's a very high burden. And there's plenty of room between did nothing <laughs> and not enough. Charge a crime.
5: Yeah, in fact, you can't even open investigation. You can't even open an investigation if nothing was done, if there was no collusion. So there's at least some, right? I mean, you have to have a good faith basis.
7: The other thing is, let's also remember, it's not as if the Mueller report comes up completely empty on volume one. I mean, first of all, there was a massive proven campaign, criminal campaign by Russians to hack into uh, our election in a criminal way. Um, and and this is this sort of gets to the bar thing. Remember Barr's four page letter. That, that that was so important because it set the the, the public tone. It, it's the first impression that we as the public had. And first impressions are so important and lasting. And Barr did something really sneaky and I think dishonest, which is he quoted the the second part of a sentence where I, I don't have it in front of me, but essentially he said, Mueller found that there's no there was not enough evidence to charge a criminal conspiracy with between Trump campaign members in Russia, but he left out. He cut. I shouldn't say left out. He cut out the first half of that exact same sentence, which is on page one of volume one of, of the report, which essentially says, "I found that the Russians engaged in a, in a broad criminal conspiracy to hack the election, and that members of the Trump campaign expected to benefit electorally mm-hmm. from those crimes." I mean, that is <laughs> that is incredibly dangerous and problematic stuff. Maybe it doesn't quite meet the definition of, of a of a criminal conspiracy under our code, but boy, it it is enormously consequential. If they expected to benefit, that is the term. That means A, they knew about it, B they liked it, and C, they were hoping to to profit from it, not necessarily uh, uh financially, but but to win politically. From it.
5: Right. And I mean, that could even be, you know, articles of impeachment or an article of impeachment does not have to rise to the level of criminality that prosecutors need in order to move forward with an indictment. So this is something to me that seems like an impeachable offense as well. Uh, but I I think maybe Barr's characterization with that letter could have mucked it all up.
7: Well, c- correct. And, and and the one of, I guess, the successes and Trump's legal team has had some successes. I, I don't think they're. I don't think they've handled things in a politic in a particularly cool. skilled manner, but sometimes you win. Um And one of the successes that they had in, in said they've been very good at setting the public discourse and the public expectation. And one of the things they did very early on that seems to have stuck is this idea of crime or go home. And that if it's not a crime, pack up your bags, forget about it. Who cares about these non-criminal abuses of power? Um And, and I think they succeeded in that. And look, Barr just, Barr just took that baton from them and ran with it. And I think the more we look back at that, at Barr's whole campaign really to spin this report before it came out, the worse it seems. Let's remember Barr had held on to that report, Mueller's report for about three and a half, four weeks, I think before he, he put it out there. And he really had uh, launched a campaign. It started with his four page letter, which is, was, Incredibly one-sided and misleading, as we later learned, Robert Mueller told Barr to his face in a letter. Right, and the and 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 Mueller's complaint to Barr was very straightforward. He said, "You've mischaracterized the 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 context, nature, and substance (laughs) of my findings." Well, there's not a lot other than context, (laughs) nature, and substance. Um, and then and then Barr testified in front of Congress. Um, the first time when when there was all sorts of spin, and then he had that ridiculous press conference an hour before the report came out. That report was in a, a, I'm sure, in a conference room down the hall from him, ready to go. But he wouldn't put it out until after he had his conference, where he embarrassed himself and repeated this no collusion uh, stuff over and over, and continued to say things that were later disproven either by the report or by what we later learned about uh, what Robert Mueller said to him. And and to me, number one on the list, Bill Barr has not given anything resembling a coherent explanation. Or convincing explanation for his decision to just sweep away all the obstruction evidence Look, bill Barr was attorney general before but in the 90s but i don't believe he has any actual prosecutorial experience aside from that i don't think he's ever worked a case or done a trial as a criminal prosecutor and it shows because any prosecutor and there's a the letter out there that got a lot of attention that i signed it was one of i think we're coming up on a thousand now former federal prosecutors who've signed it over 900 saying there is more than enough evidence in the Mueller report to indict the president. Now, we get it. We get the DOJ policy exists, can't be indicted. But if he was a normal person, he would be indicted. And Barr has offered almost nothing to to defend his his conclusion that there was not enough to charge obstruction.
5: Yeah. And speaking of the whole no collusion campaign, which started, a long time ago. Uh, It really makes me want to get a hold of those transcripts or at least to talk to or or question the translator in some of those meetings with Putin because... Uh, I think Asha Rangappa was was it was who put out a, a story on the idea of no collusion and tricking the public into thinking that that that's a, a thing. And uh, it was called reflexive control. And it's a Russian active measure. It's a I don't think that Trump could have come up with that by himself. And I, I just I got to I just have this feeling that that uh, that came from uh, somewhere else. Yeah.
7: And here's the thing. Another way that I think Giuliani and the team were successful in framing this debate beforehand was basically if you don't have a, a tape recording of trump discussing a plan with putin or a signed contract it's not going to be collusion but i mean this is the real world and everyone knows what everyone else says whether it's on social media behind a podium through back channels and so it, it's much more complex than than just uh was there some some sort of spoken or written explicit agreement and, and i think again i think Going back to the Mueller reports, finding that, that the Trump campaign knew about and expected to benefit from this.
5: Yeah. So here's a question for you. The Congress, our House, the Dems and the House and uh, Intel Judiciary Committee, they don't have prosecutorial power. But if they were able, were to look into obstruction of justice, which is, I think, what Mueller wanted them to do, uh, impeachment is really their only remedy, isn't it? I mean, they could try to make a criminal referral to the Department of Justice, but you're just giving it to Barr.
7: Yeah. Um, you're right. I think, first of all, I agree that Mueller absolutely intended to, to hand this off to Congress. It's all over the report. There's all sorts of language in there about how it's Congress's constitutional imperative to investigate and hold the president accountable. Um, and I think that's why Mueller sort of pulled up short of making a declaration on whether the president had obstructed justice. We can question him, I think, rightly on that decision, but I think his intent was absolutely for Congress to take this over. Yes, there's really nothing they can do criminally. You're right. The only thing they can do is send it to DOJ, but that's, uh, you might as well just send it down the trash compactor because Bill Barr runs DOJ. Um, But yes, impeachment is an option. I mean, look, there are precedents to impeachment. There are things that come before a vote of the entire House of Representatives, including meaningful fact finding. And I do think Uh, this far, I I feel like uh, I'm just criticizing everybody. But thus far, I don't think uh, Chairman Nadler, Jerry Nadler has done a very good job. Frankly, I think he's getting steamrolled by the White House. And, And here we are a month out from the report coming out. And he's really accomplished nothing towards having meaningful fact finding. And I don't know if it's because he can't figure out how he wants to do it or he's afraid to do it politically. I know there's a calculation. We've all seen Democratic members of the House out there talking about how, well, it's not going to be politically popular. It's not going to, it's not going to, voters may not like it.
5: Yeah, we agree. I, you know, here at uh, Mueller, she wrote, we've been, at first, we were like, mm, maybe stay away from it." But uh, we came around when we just figured opening an an inquiry just to get some of these hearings on the record and to make it easier for you to get the material that you need through the subpoenas and or the grand jury material under rule six e, you've now if you, you know if you open up an inquiry, you've set up your judicial proceeding and and therefore are just owed that material uh, by that, you know, the very nature of starting an inquiry. and then you don't have to go full impeachment. Uh, you know, so I, I don't understand why they don't do it.
7: And and Nadler, Nadler needs to stand up for, for Congress's role in all of this, right? Congress is a co-equal branch or supposed to be. We have a system of checks and balances and he's just getting, he's just getting defied and ignored left and right. Every subpoena he serves, he's being told to go pound sand. And thus far he has not brought anything. He's going to have to go to the courts. That's entirely clear, right? He's not going to send the, uh. Old-fashioned congressional sergeant-at-arms to throw people in the ceremonial congressional prison. So, and no one cares about contempt anymore, right? I mean, Attorney General Holder was held in contempt. Now, Attorney General Barr was held in contempt. Barr's out there cracking jokes on the on the roast circuit about about how he's held in contempt. and almost seems to enjoy that status. So, no one cares about contempt. Let's just be real. So, what he's going to have to what Nadler's going to have to do if he wants to be taken seriously and if he wants to get anywhere is get into court. Get in there quickly. Stop getting strung along. Stop setting new deadlines. And yes, he has to do some negotiation, mm-hmm. some good faith negotiation, but we all see where it's headed. But get into court and back your subpoenas and make your argument. And, and and by the way, on top of that, don't wait for the court process to play out. It's going to take forever. You have to demand expedited uh, judicial ruling. And we saw that in D.C. this week when another committee ended up in front of Judge Meta in D.C. And he, he, to his credit, said – we're expediting this. And the Trump lawyers, the White House lawyers objected, but he said, no.
5: Yeah, I agree. I thought Judge Meta set an excellent example for that. And of course, Trump's legal argument is that Congress doesn't have oversight of the executive branch, which was blew my mind. Do you uh, think, given everything that you've uh, talked about Barr, I read your article uh, about Barr's judgment uh, that you wrote for CNN, your opinion, and and do you think that could it be possible? And I know this is wild speculation, but we tend to do that here. But we frame it as as such. Um, do you think that maybe the Mueller investigation was ended prematurely? I don't know. I don't think it's I don't think so. Let me say that right up front. It would
7: certainly be uh, early on the list of questions I would want to ask Robert Mueller if and when he testifies. I think that's very important. the The problem is. There is no definitive starting line or 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 finish line when you run a criminal investigation, especially a sprawling, complex one like this one. It's not like running a race. We start here and you finish, you break the tape here, and that's that. Especially in a case like this. And we saw all the different tentacles that came out of it, the 12 or 14 different cases that Mueller referred out. I mean, at some point I think he had to wrap up. Um there are other, there are other aspects of the case that still need to be brought to fruition we still have the roger stone trial ahead um i think manafort's i I think someday we'll learn that manafort's cooperation was artificially tanked whether whether he was under outside influence or not but i think that could have broken open a lot of new doors um i I don't i've not seen any direct evidence that someone said to muller you're done here's here's your end by date um and that he resisted i think he understood that he he had a certain shelf life that he had to wrap up
5: And, well, as of today, he's still the special counsel, according to spokesman Peter Carr. Um, And, you know, I think two months ago he was supposed to leave the Department of Justice within days. So, and you know, I'm I'm not going to pretend that I know why he's still there, but I I do think that, uh, that the holdup in his setting a date for his testimony might have something to do with the fact that he's still there.
7: Yeah, I wonder what he does all day now. Um and I and I am I am getting my, my suspicious antenna are raising now on this whole uh question over Will Mueller testifying in Congress, right? Remember Trump went from it's up to the AG to he shouldn't should not testify to back to I'll leave it up to our quote very great attorney general. I mean, he's fawning over this guy, who's protecting him. And then Barr says, I'm cool, it's up to Mueller. And now there's reporting out today that actually one of the causes of holdup is the White House's exertion of executive privilege over the whole report. So it turns out everyone's trying to play it cool and act like, hey, fine with me. But uh, now I was not shocked to learn that it sounds like there is some resistance being put up by by some of the powers that be.
5: Agreed. And, yeah, I just – that whole – I knew something was up when when they exerted executive privilege over the entire Mueller report, even though 80 percent of it had gone public. So I'm sure that Trump's legal team and Trump knows and Barr knows that every single day that they delay some sort of important testimony or uh, release of information to the public is a is good for them. And they'll do they'll just buy each day as they can.
7: Absolutely right. Look, it's not that long until November 2020. Every day that goes by feeds into the argument that I think. Look, we've heard it from from Speaker Pelosi and to some extent from from Nadler, which is which is well. Let's uh, it's too close to an election, and the solution will be at the ballot box. It is 100 percent in the White House and, and Trump's interest. Every day of delay, and this is why Nadler has to either you know let, let's make a move or let's drop it.
5: Yes. Agreed. All right. Former federal and state prosecutor, CNN legal analyst, Ellie Honig. Ellie, thanks so much for coming on Mueller. She wrote today.
7: Thank you for having me. It was good talking to you.
5: All right, guys, that's our show wow what a crazy week yeah. and that was a lot of news mm-hmm. and we came back
6: from the webbies this week so this is like our first non out of town episode or you know main episode so i feel like my body's just now getting back to
3: normal <laughs>
6: everything's settling in finally yeah yeah
3: it was a busy few days mm-hmm. it really it was. was a lot of
5: events yes
3: it was a lot of socializing which was fantastic but it takes a lot more out of you than you realize <laughs> until you get home and you're like fuck definitely yeah. i'm not even an introvert and i felt that shit yeah. yeah i didn't know what day it was or what time it was for like so many days yeah yes. and big shout out to all of our people that came out and hung out with us definitely. who are introverts or extroverts or whoever because we know it takes time and effort so thank you
5: yeah those are our people it was so cool to meet you all mm-hmm. yes definitely and I can't wait to see you guys in Minneapolis it's going to be so much fun uh, Parkway Theater come out to that mullershoeroute.com for tickets uh, I, you guys have any final thoughts I can't think of anything else just love you guys so much I think we covered it all yeah
6: I can't wait to meet more of you
5: yeah totally
3: and um, don't give up Please. Very good This point. week sucked really bad. Yeah. But like, yeah. Like Julia
6: said, we're tired, You're, but, yeah, but we're not done.
5: Was That thread was amazing. So It was really good. Read it if you get a chance. Julia Peacock. California's mm-hmm. 42nd. Yeah. Amazing. I think that's where Murata is. Yeah. Oh, close. Yeah. Wow. And so I feel that energy.
6: Yeah. We need
5: to get that Republican incumbent, Calvert, out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So uh, everyone check her out and follow her. And she's an amazing example uh, and a uh, uh, brave woman running yes and running for congress totally
3: and there's like other things in your community you can do too that aren't even necessarily you know race oriented as in political race (laughs) um like you could contribute to your local you know kpbs what that's what it is for us like your local npr station just there's so many things you could do just to promote truth right
5: now
6: absolutely
5: yep so get out there do it and if you need to rest rest um because you, you can't i should take that advice <laughs> no but very easy. good you advice you can't just though. keep going all day every day it's G-A-G. true no
6: yes. we're all good people we all have good intentions but yeah take care of yourself so you can keep up the fight for yes. sure
3: and voice your opinions also yes yep. not all of us have money so
5: we can do it with our words that's true yeah and or you know ask somebody to do it for you mm-hmm. if you're not a, a vocal person yes but uh uh, there's so many people this community everybody i've met everyone's so helpful and so willing to go out on a limb for you and so willing to do things to to help and to fill in the blanks where where they need to be filled in so and and i've never in i've I've been an activist for decades and i've never seen a community this strong it's special it's very special so thank you guys and again take care of yourselves take care of each other i've been ag i've been jaleesa johnson i've been jordan coburn and this is muller she wrote
3: You voted.
6: I did. You protested. Again. You postcarded.
2: So many Sundays. You posted on social media. Got some likes. And you're still reeling from all the terrible
0: news. Yeah, but what else can I do?
2: I'm Kelly. I'm Lila. And we're going to help you figure that out. Each week, we'll interview people on the front lines of political action about the things they actually did to take action. What got them started, who helped them along the way, and what they'd do differently if they had it to do all over again. And in the process, we'll give you concrete advice about how to take the leap from freaking out on Twitter to making a difference. Follow What Can I Do wherever you listen to podcasts, or tune in on whatcanidopodcast.com.
5: M-
0: W Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called "Lawyers, Guns, and Money" that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American Psyop